Welcome, everyone, to Keeping It Real. Today, we are going to go over some topics that are important during our current situation in the year of 2022. I'm not going to give you the exact topics right off the bat. I have Danny here with me. I have them numbered. That's Danny saying hello. Hello. (laughs) I have these topics numbered one through eight, and I'm going to randomly have him select number, which will hit a topic, which will lead us to quotes by people from the past or from present times that are very intellectual and enlightening. And we will discuss them and it will have relevance to what we're dealing with in our current time period we're in. So it's almost like a game show, but you don't win shit, Danny. Give me a number one through eight. I guess let's start with fucking number one. Number one is freedom. We feel like we are probably in the freest country in the world, right? Wrong. (laughs) Well, I still think we enjoy freedoms that most people in the world don't have, but people with their complacency and lack of standing together and joining their voice against the government tyranny. I believe we are losing our freedoms literally decade by decade since I've been alive from since the eighties, I've watched it happen since Reagan's era to Clinton, the Bushes, Trump. And now with Biden, I mean, it's just getting, it's getting bad. Well, Hey man, at least I can honestly say out of probably the, let's see, out of 195 countries that exist, I mean, we're probably somewhere like middle row. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Here's a good quote. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for. It must be protected and handed on for them to do the same. Ronald Reagan. And I don't necessarily like everything he did, but he's not the worst president we ever had. And that is absolutely true. It's never more than a generation away or less. (laughs) Well, he was in some pretty good movies. Uh, He was a good actor. But I mean, the quote he said is true. Pay attention to our freedoms. I mean, they can disappear really quick. Wouldn't you say? Uh, They are disappearing really quick. So I guess more people need to start fucking paying more attention. Okay, next one. I like this quote. The only way to deal with an unfree world is to become so absolutely free that the very existence of yourself is an act of rebellion. (laughs) That's Albert Camus that said that. Don't know who he is. Like the comment, though. This is uh, one that I shared with you, actually, uh, that made me giggle. Man will never be free until the last king is strangled with the entrails of the last priest. (laughs) Oh, Dennis Diedrot. That must have been, uh, obviously, this is uh, more of an ancient uh, quote, because if it's in the time of kings, 
I mean, it's no different now. We've got uh, the Pope in the Vatican and the King is just our presidents and leaders of our countries. And it's probably true. We should take the Pope and cut him open, take his entrails and string Biden up by his neck. (laughs) (laughs) And then we'll all be free. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, That's a good one. I I love that one. Okay, here's one. If the freedom of speech is taken away, then dumb and silent, we may be led like sheep to the slaughter. Hmm. That's very relevant today because freedom of speech is being censored, censored, censored. I have to be more and more aware of what I say because I can get chopped off of uh, certain uh, platforms that won't allow me to say certain things, you know, especially with COVID uh, vaccines, all that kind of stuff. It really sh- showed how much they're censoring people. And talking about strangling biting with the uh, the Vatican's. Uh, yeah, me, me, I'm that comment. I might ought to cut out. I probably shouldn't have said that. They'll probably send the some special task force from the government to fucking make it look like I shot myself in the back of my head twice. Uh, the Pope will send terrorists to fucking murder you in your sleep. I'll get a upside down cross stuck up my ass. <laughs> okay, well that last quote was a good one, and that was from George Washington. Well, it's good that uh old George understood that. It's too bad that uh assholes that followed him don't seem to understand that. But at the same time, I do understand that I, I think that everybody should have a right to speech, but at the same time, it's like it, sometimes it can be hard to swallow, listen to fucking people talk. And I think that's kind of a problem. But but that's your choice, though. You also have the choice to listen to them or walk away from them. But to literally shut somebody up, to take their voice from them, to take their opinion from them, nobody has the right to do that. That's my opinion. I don't care how stupid the motherfucker is. I don't care how politically incorrect, correct, religiously, they're a zealot, politically, they're insane. I don't care what form or fashion you bring them to me. I'm going to say they still have the right to say what they are saying. Do not censor them. Just don't listen or come up with a better argument that refutes what they're saying. Fair enough. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. Okay, we'll we'll end off on George Washington's wonderful sheep led to the slaughter quote, and we'll let Danny choose another number. Number one was your first pick. What's your next number out of eight? Number two. You're going to keep it in numerical order? Might as well. Okay, this is one that is relevant right now, of course. I told you they all would be, so let's go for war. There is no hunting like the hunting of a man. And those who have hunted armed men long enough and liked it, they never care for anything else thereafter. Ernest Hemingway. That may explain why people that are involved in war and veterans, you know what I'm talking about, seem to have so many mental disorders. Mental disorders is very relevant to discuss these days, but I would rather move on to the next quote. War doesn't determine who is right, only who is left afterwards. (laughs) Bertrand, (laughs) Bertrand Russell. Here's a great one. 
I know not with what weapons World War III will be fought, but I do know World War IV will be fought with sticks and stones. (laughs) (laughs) Albert Einstein said that quite a while while ago. He's that smart. He knew. Okay, here's another one for you. Only the dead will see the end of the war. George Santayana. Because all of us that live will once again see another war come up because I guarantee you war is profitable to have another enemy created by governments, whoever, big corporations that want contracts for machinery and weapons and stuff like that. They're always going to want another fucking war, man. That's just the way it is. Here's one that's very true. Older men declare war always true it's always the old fucking farts but it's the it's the young man that must fight and die and now it's women because women are in the military herbert hoover and here's some good all-time wisdom from george washington once again he seemed like he's a very wise guy to be prepared for war is one of the most effective means of actually preserving peace by observation you have your shit together so to speak i know that's not the proper way of saying it but say another government looks over here and sees we have all of our p's and q's in order and all that kind of stuff you know soldiers our warfare our navy our air air force all that kind of stuff we have everything in order well obviously we're a force to be reckoned with so then negotiating peace is a lot easier than it is if you look over and see a country that has no legitimate military they don't have much to negotiate with for peace. Hey, hey, uh, I want to share a good one with you real fast because please, this, this is one of the ones where we get to kind of have more dialogue. Um, supposedly, and I don't know if this is true because it's it's kind of been proven over time that Mark Twain didn't say a lot of things people said he said, but according to certain sources, Mark Twain once said, "God created war so that Americans would learn geography." <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of, of, of there's lots of Twain's quotes that are freaking wonderful and hilarious. They make a statement at the same time, but they also are so witty. He was a fucking smartass, man. That dude was a complete fucking smartass. Bottom line, and you could even just like reading through some of the books he wrote and stuff, and some of his uh, short stories. I mean, he's got that little bit of a edginess to him, you know, kind of like. Yeah, I got a little bit of a chip on my shoulder and I want to share it through my stories. <laughs> so, yeah, he's he, he's a fun guy to read. So how about we pick another number? Oh, let's go with number three. OK, three would be history. This goes back to Greek times. So this is a classic from Confucius. Our greatest glory is not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. Everybody in history at some point, their culture or their people have fallen and had to pick themselves back up. But this is a, a Confucius quote you can tap into your everyday life and use. Okay, and Napoleon Bonaparte, I quoted this a while back on a podcast I believe me and you were doing. History is a set of lies agreed upon. Yes. Makes perfect sense. That's the books you read, the maps you see drawn, 
the things you're taught in school, everything could be a half-truth or completely a lie, and you would never know the difference. You'd believe it. Okay, I have another quote, very similar, but just different enough that we need to hear it. History is a pack of lies about events that never happened told by people who actually weren't there. George Santayana. And the more I study history, because I mean, I went to school and I listened to all the history that the teachers told us, and it was minuscule. It's what's what I believed. And then as I grew older and did research, I found out so much of history that I have learned is a fucking lie. And why do the people want to lie about it? They're hiding something. Or they're trying to steer your beliefs in a direction that makes you more easy to control. That's uh, to be clarified that it's not the teacher's fault. That's state curriculum. I don't, I don't, I'm not blaming the teacher for sure. I blame the Rockefellers because they're the ones who designed our curriculum to begin with. Well, and you know, those teachers probably, most of them, you know, they probably don't know any better anyway. That's what everybody, everybody believes what they're taught because nobody thinks that there is deceit coming from government, coming from schooling, coming from all these different institutional standards that we have pharmaceutical companies. I mean, it, it goes on and on. Everybody thinks that the utmost highest standards of morality are involved in these people. And it's not true. And I wish I could awaken everybody to the truth, but now listen, not only to me and Danny talk about it. Some of the greatest minds in history are sitting here telling you that history is not true. History is written by the people that win wars and by people that are in power. Here's one from Winston Churchill, the British prime minister during world war two history will be kind to me for I intend to write it. (laughs) (laughs) There you go again, again, bullshit. Sounds like something you'd fucking write. Yes. That's just, it goes to show you. It's so much bullshit in history. Here's one, dude. I want you to hear the fear of death follows from the lie. I'm sorry. The fear of death follows from the fear of life. A man who lives fully is prepared to die at any time. Mark Twain. (laughs) I love Mark Twain. Here's a Mahatma Gandhi one. A small body of determined spirits fired by an unquenchable faith in their mission can alter the course of history. So that is very true. This is one thing that Gandhi said that he actually proved in his lifetime. You can stand up to a government as a united people and change the course of history, which is what I wish our people here in America would do. Stand up against pharmaceutical tyranny, stand up against government tyranny, stand up against corporate tyranny. They're trying to control our food. They're trying to force injections on children and people. They were trying to make you where you couldn't go back to work without getting injections and shit. I mean, all these things are completely against your rights as a human being. Somewhere you have to morally draw the line and go, it's not just me. There's got to be other people that I need to unite with, that we need to stand up for our cause. And the government works for us. They're not more powerful than us. They work for us. Okay. 
Julius Caesar. I came, I saw, I conquered. <laughs> that, <laughs> that he did. That mentality, though, that uh, like most Caesars had, it's like contagious. You know, if you look at history and you look down the whole line of the Caesars, like it's Rome, basically, I don't remember who it was that said it, but he said, make the world Rome. You know, that was the whole thing. We wanted to just keep expanding, expanding, expanding. Kind of like that, Ju- uh, the uh, Alexander the Great mentality. Although his motivations were completely different than most Caesars. Um, still kind of the same premises, though. I mean, and that that kind of thinking, it still goes on today. It's constant warmongering and fighting and bitching and, and over stupid conflicts that probably shouldn't even exist. It's terrible, man. It's very true. Yeah. Once upon a time, I could see it. But, I mean, now, unless we got a Hitler trying to take over the fucking world or some shit, which I don't even believe Putin is doing what is exhibited in the propaganda on our news channels, honestly. I think there's way more to it, and I don't think anybody can get a straight answer anymore. Okay, another good quote by somebody else from the past. I do not think... It is an exaggeration to say history is largely a history of inflation, usually inflations engineered by the governments for the gain of the government. Friedrich August von Hayek. Again, telling you, beware, history is basically serving somebody's purpose. It's written it's distributed to you. It's given to you to make you believe a certain way. So question all history without facts. If you don't find facts other than shit written in a book or delivered to you at school, don't believe it. I think history needs to be independently fact-checked. That's one thing Graham Hancock proved to me when I started studying the pyramids. I started getting like uh, Robert Schock and Graham Hancock and, Randall Carlson, all showing me that, hey, here's these independent academics examining Egyptologists that are supposedly the end-all be-all of the facts on ancient history and megalithic builders, and they are way off. They're so far from the truth. Okay. Let us depart from history, Danny. How about you pick another number? Number four. Okay. Four is a topic that we are all interested in. Power. Okay. Mastering others is strength. Mastering yourself is true power. Lao Tzu. Art of War. You remember the Art of War book? Yeah. Oh, here's a wonderful one. Nothing strengthens authority so much as silence. What are we doing today? Nobody's saying shit. Everybody's just believing the authority figures. Everybody is just strengthening the authority by staying silent. Leonardo da Vinci said this. Uh This is a very simple statement that could have been made at any time in history. Never underestimate the power of human stupidity. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't that the truth? 
Robert A. Heenlin. And you know what, Robert? I never underestimated. <laughs> I, I seem to run into it on a daily basis. Okay, next one. The greater the power, the more dangerous the abuse. Edmund Burke. It only makes sense. You can do great things with power if you have it, but you can definitely abuse the shit out of it. With great power comes great responsibility. Uh, yes, Marvel, Spider-Man. <laughs> it was still a great quote, and many people is stuck with. Okay, here's a great one. I, it may not be great, but it's Mark Twain. We brought him up, so it's fucking ridiculous. Clothes make the man. Naked people have little or no influence on society. Mark Twain. Absolutely ridiculous. And it's in the category of power. Maybe more, maybe more metaphorical when he's saying clothes make the man. Yeah, yeah, but then he also says naked. He's just yeah. saying strip down to your bareness, not necessarily saying a naked man. Maybe it's more metaphorical. If you take it metaphorically, then it seems like a hyper-intelligent quote. So thank you for making that differentiation because I didn't, I just took it literally. Yeah. Maybe Mark, maybe Mark Twain just like naked people. I don't know. There's no telling. Okay. If you realized how powerful your thoughts are, you would never think a negative thought. Peace Pilgrim. Never heard of the guy. Okay. Here, here's a good one. Power is of two kinds. One is obtained by the fear of punishment and the other by acts of love. Power based on love is a thousand times more effective and permanent than the one derived from fear of punishment. Mahatma Gandhi, again. Uh, This is an old one. Knowledge is power. Francis Bacon. I don't necessarily believe that. I think knowledge is a tool and it's, it's a tool and like any tool, if you don't use it, it's not power. You can have lots of knowledge inside your head and not use it. And it's not power. So to I would say, I would say information is power. And somebody famous did say that. Um, I don't necessarily, I mean, yeah, knowledge that's so general knowledge of what, but information that's where the, Dark seed, it, it, is it, but it, but is information not general too? Information, knowledge, wisdom, all those words kind of sound like fucking whatever. I mean, it could be I anything. Came, right. came out of the mouth of a billionaire, so I'm only assuming he thinks that information is more powerful than money. I don't know. Who the fuck was Francis Bacon? Francis Bacon? I yeah. don't know. He was an artist. Mm. All I know yeah. is I, I love bacon. Yeah, he was an English philosopher and statesman who served as an attorney back in 1626. Well, he definitely wasn't a moron then. Oh, I'm sorry. He he, uh, he died in 1626. Fuck, he was born in 1561. That's a fucking old quote then. Uh, All I know is I like his last name. Oh, he was attorney general and uh, as Lord Chancellor of England. There There you go. go. He had political power and he had a name I like a lot. Yeah. It makes me want to eat his flesh. (laughs) Give me your bacon. Fucking put you on the rotisserie, cook you and eat you. Mr. Bacon, give me your bacon. Okay. Next one on on for Mr. Bacon. Few men have virtue to withstand the highest bidder. Is that not the truth? When do you say every 
person has a price. Uh, yeah. Who said it first? George Washington did. Few men have the virtue to withstand the highest bidder. He is so fucking right on the money by saying that. Yes. He, he, he came from a, a, a steam group of fucking politicians, dude, and he dealt with them on a regular basis. So It, it corrupts sure. all morality. I mean, it literally will. Oh, yeah. It will make you do anything. If somebody will give you what you want, whether it's money or power or land or whatever it is, people will compromise. He was only, he was only partially greedy as a, as a president. And even before that, just as a general, before they actually took America and decided to colonize it. um, The thing is, is that he's the one that brought taxes here. And basically told people that you could have free land, but you have to pay a tax on that land. So that's how. Land but he sure as fuck didn't do income tax. No, in fact, in the uh, our taxes uh, are so perverted they were not what the our founding fathers implemented at all. There was no there. They said that even uh, you can read it in the whatever the fuck declaration of independence you could are no not declaration of independence whatever you can read where it says originally now it doesn't say that they took it away like 150 years ago or something where it said that a day's wage shall not be taxed i do remember that i recall that. yeah just like you used to be able to put into your body whatever you wish to put into your body right drugs bullets whatever <laughs> your sweat your sweat your labor your blood whatever you spent to earn a dollar is not to be taxed by the government and then when they took that one away they made suicide illegal i'm thinking how the fuck are you going to punish somebody who commits suicide they already killed you, you can't punish them yeah <laughs> <laughs> if i can bring them back to last year and kill them again yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> well they'll have to figure that one out because they haven't yet okay here's one everybody's heard Power tends to corrupt, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. John Dahlberg Acton. Everybody's heard that comment. I know you've heard that quote, right? Yes. Yeah, that's a classic one. Oh, here's a good one by a fucking archaic sack of shit that is still alive. Power is the great aphrodisiac. Henry Kissinger, this this son of a bitch is still alive. Well, he's like what, 120 sucking baby blood or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it is. He's probably like surviving on the fucking blood of fucking it's that adrenochrome. It, it's that adrenochrome shit. They like I scare mean, I've heard these theories like they scare the shit out of children and then they fucking suck their blood and it's got the adrenochrome in it and fucking keeps he probably, them alive. He probably <laughs> he probably secretly impregnates like he's probably got a torture dungeon and secretly impregnates all these women and before they deliver, he goes in and fucking basically cuts them up fucking takes her fetal tissue and he's been living off that <laughs> that's a good theory I can hey, you never that. know man that's it's all possible with these sadistic <laughs> politician sons of bitches kissinger's been around for fucking he's 100 years old i swear the motherfucker's got to be like 90 or 100 years old dude i had no idea the motherfucker was still alive i swear to Seriously. god he is i swear to god he's not fucking dead uh, he's been around since the Kennedy. I mean, to my knowledge, I believe he was involved in Kennedy's presidency and he's been involved in politics ever since. 
and he's still alive today. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, he, he actually was like a German born American and, politician. Yeah. It's another thing that bothers me. Well, that guy, I, I don't have anything against Germans. It's just his I, idealistic thinking on lots of, um, topics i've caught him saying things that were very perverse and should not be the ideals of our politicians people involved in government so i don't like him yeah i mean that motherfucker was born in 1923 that's insane dude like he's literally like 99 years old yeah i figured he was he he's got to be getting close to death but like like I said, I mean, sucking on baby blood will keep you going. So, <laughs> the main thing to learn from Henry Kissinger is not that power is the great aphrodisiac; it's that farming babies and sucking their blood keeps you alive for a long time. <laughs> uh, well, just to clarify on one thing about the guy, since we're bad mouthing him, he's German born, but he was actually a Jewish refugee. Um, who fled Nazi Germany with his family in 1938. So he, uh, he was actually, even though he was German born, like born in Germany, he's actually not, uh, he's not German. He's actually Jewish, which oh, okay. makes sense. Cause he looks, he does not look German. He looks very Jewish. And he got from everything big, I've seen big schnoz. Uh, no, I mean, you know, he just, he just has that look about him. Looks very, uh, I don't know. I don't know what, what how you distinguish the two, honestly, but some people part, some people can pick a Jew out of a lineup in a heartbeat, and I'm like, man, they just look like white people to me. I don't really know. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was part of the presidential administrations of Richard Nixon and Gerald Ford, so um, yeah, he's been around for a long fucking time, and I'm surprised that dude's still alive. So, props to him, I guess, and his infant baby blood sucking organization (laughs) (laughs) okay this is the last comment and we'll move on to another one he who wishes to be obeyed must know how to command machiavelli all the black community knows what machiavelli says because it's in every rap song ah okay i did not know that but then again i don't listen to rap music so oh man come on tupac man i i very little knowledge of the guy you can support this podcast for as low as a dollar a month that's like less than a cup of coffee a damn stamp it's a dollar a month it's nothing and if you're enjoying it it would greatly help me out keeping this thing going you can donate up to ten dollars a month Now, if you'll look below where you clicked on this podcast, there's a support link. Click on that, and you can go there and make any donation you choose, and you can cancel it any time. There is no hassle. If you do it, I would greatly appreciate it. And if you can't afford it, I understand. I'll still keep putting out great free information, so you can look forward to that. Thanks, everybody. Okay, Ah! so (laughs) we have gotten through four uh, numbers here out of the eight that I had. We don't have to do them all, but you have five, six, seven, and eight to pick from. Choose a number, Danny. Number five. Okay, you are very sequential. 
something that is missing a lot, I believe, in our lives in the news is the truth. Let's see what people say about the truth. Mark Twain, he says, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. (laughs) (laughs) That's the truth. Well, man, it's being a deceptive son of a bitch and lying. Boy, yeah, that's a lot to keep track of. And I've seen lots of people juggle lies and how complicated that is. Yes, the struggle's real. Three things that cannot be long hidden. The sun, the moon, and the truth. Buddha. Okay, Buddha, I believe you're right about the sun and the moon, but the truth, I don't know so much about that. People can hide the truth for fucking lifetimes centuries yeah so i don't necessarily agree with buddha's wisdom there okay here's one rather than love rather than money rather than fame just give me the truth henry david thoreau i think that's good enough i mean it's love money and fame are all wonderful things but if everybody just gave you the damn truth wouldn't life be so much more simple because everybody's a fucking liar or stupid. Yeah. <laughs> or stupid. That was a funny uh quote earlier about people being stupid. Which one was that? Uh Shit, I, I, already, I already forgot it, but it's on the podcast. So was it like two things are infinite, the universe and human stupidity. <laughs> and I'm not sure about the universe. <laughs> Albert Einstein. <laughs> yeah, it was a Einstein. Einstein's got some great quotes, man. Okay, here, here's a good one. A lie gets halfway around the world before the truth even has a chance to get its pants on. Winston Churchill. Oh, he should know. He's a fucking liar. He is. It's absolutely, liar. Absolute, absolutely proven fact that he was involved in heavy propaganda during World War II. He was a big-time liar. Yes, he was. So that man made a statement that he knows all too well about. Man is least himself when he talks in his own person. Give him a mask and he will tell you the truth. Oscar Wilde. Hmm. It's interesting. Well, this might give you a little bit of enlightenment looking onto the internet and all the trolls that are on the internet nowadays that would never tell you the truth to your face about what they think, but they'll do it. They're keyboard warriors. They'll hide behind a keyboard and say shit they would never say. Yeah. Or, I mean, you could say the same thing about alcohol is like, uh, it's like putting a mask on. It's like becoming another human being. So then you see lots of people talk stuff they would never say when their inhibitions are down. So there's some wisdom in what Oscar made in that quote. I was just looking at this Groucho Marx one, man. It says, outside of a dog. A book is man's best friend. Inside of a dog, it's too dark to read. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, Groucho Marx, man. I mean, he's Mr. Comic. Honesty is the first chapter in the book of wisdom. Thomas Jefferson. Hmm. The truth will set you free, but first it will make you miserable. James A. Garfield. <laughs> Ah, from a president. Wonderful. Lots of times that is true. I mean, it hurts to tell the truth. If it doesn't hurt you, it hurts somebody else or both. But it's always better, I think, to go that way than to tell lies. And sometimes when it hurts other people, it's kind of funny. 
Here, here's a good one. We live in a world of fantasy, a world of illusion. The great task in life is to find out what is reality. Iris Murdoch. Finding the truth. It's a freaking mission. You literally have to look for it. <laughs> this is a great one. In a time of universal deceit, like the one we're living in now, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. You notice how you're almost a villain now for talking about the truth. And the quote is unknown. Nobody knows who this came from. Well, we know it wasn't a politician. Truth will always be the truth, regardless of a lack of belief, a lack of understanding, or ignorance. W. Clement Stone. Okay, half a truth is often a great lie. Benjamin Franklin, short and sweet. Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. He also said, go to heaven for the climate, go to hell for the company. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I mean, truth is a bitch, man. It's, It's hard to deal with. So many people are people pleasers and they don't want to hurt somebody else's feelings or they don't want to go through how they're going to feel when they tell the truth. So they just avoid it by telling little white lies or whatever. Here you go. Facts, which is the truth. Facts are stubborn things. Ronald Reagan. Short and sweet. Perfect sense. Here's somebody you know. Sometimes the truth hurts and sometimes it feels really good. Henry Rollins. (laughs) This is an interesting quote. All great truth begins as blasphemies. George Bernard Shaw. Well, if you go to the Bible, Jesus Christ spoke the truth everywhere he went, all across Rome and blah, blah, blah. What was he? A blasphemer by the Roman church. And they had him crucified. He was a blasphemer for telling the truth because he spoke against the power that was. So you you could look at this statement and go speaking up against the government right now or against Pfizer or against uh, whatever way you want to look at it. The FBI, the CIA, you speak against them. You're a blasphemer. You're a liar. You're committing treason. You're a criminal. But you could be telling the truth. Isn't that amazing that you can be in trouble for telling the truth? Yes. That's the the way it is with whistleblowers nowadays. There's no safety for whistleblowers who call attention upon the truth of people committing great crimes and power. There's no safety. Look at Julius Assange, the guy that was uh, doing WikiLeaks, who just disappeared off the face of the earth. Showing our government committing atrocious war crimes, killing innocent people and shit like that. Where's he now? Supposedly still alive. Yeah, he's just another Jesus. All he wanted to do was just, it wasn't that he wanted to upset the balance of power. He wanted truth to get out because there was no outlet for it. Here's one from the Illuminati papers. Oh, boy. Uh, Give me Illuminati truth. (laughs) 
Well, it's, you know, it's a paper that Robert Wilson wrote. He just says in the, it says taxation is robbery based on monopoly of weapons. There's some truth in that for sure. It's an old, old, old conspiracy that goes way back. So, I mean, Well, if you have weapons, you have power. If you have power, you have control over people. You make them pay taxes. How about we move on to another one? Okay, so you've worn out five. You got three numbers left to pick from. Six, seven, and eight. Number six. Okay, you're just staying right in line. And that's going to be one that everybody loves. Money. Ah, money. Uh, The shit that makes the world turn. When I was young, I thought that money was the most important thing in life. Now that I am old... I know that it's the most important thing. Oscar Wilde. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds about right. I hate a lot of times hearing people say money doesn't buy you happiness. Well, it doesn't buy you happiness, but it does make your life a hell of a lot easier. It's a tool just like everything else. If you don't have it, you're probably going to be pretty miserable. You need a certain amount. Okay, here's your boy, Mark Twain. The lack of money is the root of all evil, which I can agree with that because if you don't have money, if you're poor, if you're struggling, if you're barely getting by, what do you look to do? You get desperate. So you start looking for any means to get food, to get shelter, to get money, to buy things because you're broke, you're poor. So Mark Twain made a very good comment there. Okay, here's one. Money won't create your success. The freedom to make it will. Nelson Mandela. Hmm. If you know how to make money, that's a big difference between just winning the lottery. So Mandela's got a point because everybody wins the lottery just goes broke. We've seen it over and over again. Yeah. Listen to this. This is one of the smartest men that ever lived. The hardest thing to understand in the world is income tax. Albert Einstein. The man that created all these theories, E equals MC square, and the most complex theorems that we're still living off of today said the most difficult thing for you to understand is income tax. Yeah, dude. Like, literally, they say that, like, to read, like, entire, uh, like, if you had to read every bit of the tax law, It would take you like 20 fucking years to read it. And that's on purpose. Everything that that is made overcomplicated in legal jargon, especially like income tax or matters of uh, governmental law, things like that, they make it incredibly complex and hard to understand so that a common person cannot understand it. Then they feel stupid. They don't have the ability to understand it in its full complexity and break it down and fight against it because they don't have anything to say against it. Cause I mean, if you don't understand it, if you can't break it down, then you can't speak against it correctly. So somebody, right. somebody that does know it is going to crush you. And then that's a tool. That's, that's the reason that income tax is incredibly complex. Like you're talking about. And I think it's hilarious that Albert Einstein made that comment. Here's one we've all heard. There is no such thing as a free lunch. Milton Friedman. 
not absolutely true, but pretty much nothing in life is free. We do all know that. This is a weird one. If women didn't exist, all the money in the world would have no meaning. Aristotle. You might have to get really deeply philosophical to understand that. Because Aristotle, Aristotle was a pretty deep thinker. Here's something simple that I believe has some pertinence, but absolutely nothing can be absolute. Okay. Do what you love and the money will follow. Marsha Sanita. I do believe if you follow your passion, if you follow what you love, it's going to lead you to put out a passion project. It's you're going to create something that'll help other people that will entertain other people. It will put something out into the ether, into this universe that people will gladly pay you for. So I, that that's why I kind of have to side on with her on that statement, because I, I do kind of agree with that. I, it's not an absolute, but, it's it's a pretty good one to go by. Okay, here's one. A good reputation is more valuable than money. What do you think? Reputation or money? Which one would you rather have? I'd rather have respect. Well, that's reputation. So that, that means your character and your reputation, that, that matters more than having more money. Okay, so that's... Pabilis Cirrus must have been a Roman. Okay, here's one that's, that I know you'll agree with. A fool and his money will soon be parted. Thomas Tusser. Yeah, if you're a dumbass, eventually you will be parted with your money. Indeed. Stupid people don't keep their money for long. It happens. A nation that continues year after year to spend more money on military defense than on programs of social uplift is approaching spiritual doom. Martin Luther King Jr. He's, Korea. he's correct. Yes. Cause that's one thing all nations seem to do is spend way more money on taking care of their citizens and society in general. They spend their money on weapons, warfare, military soldiers. This is an interesting comment. I would like to live as a poor man that has lots of money. Pablo Picasso. The artist. It'd be uh, interesting because nobody would know if you lived as a poor man, but you would still have all the money you needed to get whatever you needed. So I, I could see that possibly being fun. Yeah. There's lots of people that actually do that. that you know, I, I have noticed that before. There are some people that I have seen that are extremely rich and they're not eccentric. They don't drive fancy cars or live in big houses and they have fuckloads of cash and they don't represent it by any of their exterior means that where they could show off. They don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that some people choose to do that. Others are the exact opposite. Money often costs too much. Ralph Waldo Emerson. Here's a very simple one. It's all about the money. Joe Jackson. Hey, while money can't buy happiness, it certainly lets you choose your own form of misery. It does. Yeah. You pick your poison. When you got the money, you can pick any poison in the world. That's fucking true. Okay. Here's somebody on the opposite end of the spectrum. I have no money. I have no resources. I have no hope. 
and I'm the happiest man alive, Henry Miller. (laughs) He has fucking nothing, not even a hope. Positive way to look at it, I guess. Well, yeah, if he's happy and he has absolutely nothing, here's somebody being a smart ass. The safe way to double your money is to fold it over once and put it in your pocket. Ken Hubbard. It's not like some Mark Twain would have said. <laughs> oh, wouldn't you know a quote like this would show up? I'm about to fucking puke. If you want to reap financial blessings, you have to sow seeds financially. Joel Osteen. Oh, that piece of shit. You fucking sack of shit. With your goddamn fucking stadium jets and fucking mansions, you piece of fucking shit. This is why I hate religion right here is Joel Osteen, motherfuckers like that. Yep. If you want to reap financial blessings, you have to sow seeds financially. Fuck you, you motherfucker. You know, the Bible, I found out the roots of the 10% is not money. It's fucking time. The original yeah. roots of re- the religious meaning of the 10% dedication to your Lord is in time in meditation in prayer in being spending time with your God, not giving 10% of your money to the fucking church. I went back and did the research on it. This is a complete perpetuation of a fucking lie that all of our preachers these days, especially here in America are using as leverage to take humongous sums of money from fucking innocent people that just want to believe in God and believe they're going to get their little place in heaven because they donated 10% of their money when most of them are barely getting by anyways. Well, organized religion is a business, dude. Right there. Joel Osteen's quote just proved it. Yeah. If 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 you want to reap financial blessings, cause you know, this is what they all tell you. You sow your 10% seed to the church and you'll get that back or more. And you know what? If you don't, you got sin in your life somewhere. If you only give 9%, your ass is going to hell. But you know, that's always their (laughs) excuse though, Danny, is if you don't, if you, if you don't get something back, there's some sin in your life somewhere that you're not aware of. You're not, you're not purified somewhere. You're not clean. You're not clear. You know what? Joel Osteen's not clean and clear. There is not a single human being alive that does not sin every fucking day. So don't tell me that I'm not clean and clear to get my blessing because my 10% is just not good enough because I got a little sin in my life because that's the same story for every single person. But that's that's the excuse they like to use. Yeah, that's why I don't go to church and sit in a pew on Sunday and listen to some asshole regurgitate a book. Oh, God, I can't hear shit from fucking... This these, is the time these. where we have to go around and, and here's the collection plate. Give all that you can give. I mean, of all fucking money quotes, that was the most despicable, wretched, untrue money quote I've ever seen right there. That's one of the most despicable, untrue money quotes I've ever heard. You don't sow seeds to get money back. You might in some other format, but not in the church with Mr. Olstein. Trust me. Yeah, he ain't giving you shit. No, he is not. But I do like this one, dude. Money may not buy happiness, but I'd rather cry in a Jaguar than on a bus. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And that's a universal truth. 
Who would not rather be sitting in a nice car than sitting on a bus beside some stinky son of a bitch who hadn't bathed in a week? You know, I mean, that's just true. That's just, I don't, I don't want to sit beside some depraved lunatic on a bus that's who knows what's got a gun and about to go rob the store down the street or hadn't washed his crotch in a month. I, it's, I'd rather be sitting in a Lamborghini or a Jaguar. Yeah, I want the money. Give me the money. Money does buy a certain amount of happiness. It does. Now, emotionally, it's not going to make you happy, but it is going to give you leverage towards being happy. So, I think that is a good way for us to go ahead and end this wonderful program on quotes. Because I just we could go over the rest of them, but I'm about to piss my pants. There's no reason for me to step away from the mic to go do that. I might as well just go ahead and make a run for it. And hopefully I don't end up pissing on the wall on my way there, but we're running up on time anyways to shut down the show. So it's been a good one. And we had uh, some entertaining quotes to go over and some fun discussions over it. So thanks for joining in on this one, Dan. It was a good fun and you found some good quotes too. Thank you, everybody, for stopping by for another episode. We love you guys out there in podcast land. Until the next episode, take care. See ya. Do not consider these episodes as medical advice or expertise in any area. I do deconstruct some experts in their material and deliver it to you. But please do all of this at your own risk.